Do you know what? I think it's the the guys that I've been with were never fans of it, I suppose. And did you not find you a hornier that time? Well, you, that you're at your horniest. Yeah. This is what I was gonna say. Yeah. I didn't know you were gonna be comfortable by talking this. I am hard <laughs> like, off yes. when I have my period. Yeah, yeah, like sure. my god, yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Meyer. We're in the UK again this week and I'm joined on the panel by TV presenter, broadcaster and actor Laura Whitmore and I've dragged one of our very own Her.ie journalist Orla Condom with me this week too. Ladies, you're very welcome to the show. A little bit later on, it's finally happened. I got a squash player on the show and not just any squash player, Sarah Jane Perry, who's number seven in the world. So don't miss that later on. First up, ladies, we like to kick things off with a little game to get everyone comfortable. So it's called Six Words or Less. And it's for our listeners and our readers who may not know who you are. So it can be a sentence or it can be a string of words. So Laura is going to go first. First of all, this is me, Laura. I sound a bit different than normal. I think I sound better. I've gone a bit deep. Hey guys, this is my sexy podcast voice. Sticky shoes. Sticky, sticky shoes. Smelly cat, (laughs) smelly cat. Uh, No, I've just been talking way too much. Oh, for that's okay years. for the last 32 years it's, sure. it's eventually caught up <laughs> yeah. with me. the podcast is the perfect thing to do right now perfect um, but it is me um, and yeah six things six words six words or less yeah. um, and it really describes what I do but uh, I have no idea what wait I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> okay. that's six because I always feel like my whole thing is like been faking it forever yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no one's really caught on I don't know what I'm doing so I have no so idea what, what I'm, I'm doing that's brilliant that's, that's no, nobody's that's nobody's now, said that I, before. now everybody knows I don't know yeah, yeah or last six words mine is quite similar in a vein um I'm gonna say not sure what I'm doing here <laughs> everyone's gonna be like Laura Whitmore and some other girl that Neve dragged over from Dublin. I love how we're starting off with a little bit of self-deprecation. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing. I think it's the Irish way. But I think that's what all of us do. I remember I just came back from LA. I was in LA recently and I kept getting in trouble for like putting myself down. They're like, yeah. what have you done so far? Oh, I've done nothing. I'm yeah. terrible. Or, or like, it's that thing we all do. Where's your top from? Oh, this has cost me nothing. It was free. It's got a rip on it. Or, it yeah. cost me a pound. We just, we can't, we can't take compliments yeah, so we, yeah. yeah we can't be not- there's a really funny skit and I think Amy Schumer did it where women are doing that they're complimenting each other yeah. and instantly it's like oh no I'm terrible I haven't slept in weeks oh there's a rip Stage in this this from pennies and then everybody complimented this one girl who joined and she went thanks and then yeah, everyone like, what a bitch everyone just like killed themselves yeah, jumped in front of traffic and was just like what's happening so Laura you've been incredibly busy of late you were acting in a show for it was a six month run six month tour wasn't it that's probably why my voice is gone not dead enough right not dead enough um, yeah so that was from January to the end of July and I didn't miss a day of the show so I didn't lose my right. voice I lost it afterwards that's, so how many shows were you doing a week um, we did around eight shows a week wow um, so like a mat- matinee on a Wednesday and a Saturday and then a Sunday yeah. off. Um, yeah, it was good crack. Technically, that was your, it was your professional debut. Was Tec- my, I know, it? but you, you know me back from DCU days. DCU drama days. DC, that's, that's where we met. DCU yeah. drama days where it all, let's take it back. I don't know <laughs> what type of, the grassroots of it. Yeah, little, uh, was it Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? You were in Guys and Dolls as well. I know, I did Guys and Dolls I think was after I oh, like left the guys and dolls. I didn't make guys and dolls. If anybody oh. from DC drama, How bloody well dare they? Well, I auditioned and didn't make it. Well, I got the role of a whore. I got Linda Lou in Best Little Whorehouse, 
and Sweet Charity I did yeah. and then we like Macbeth and Antigone and a few yeah. of those but I mean like so you were obviously always into acting I know the the MTV thing came up yeah. and actually I saw that you tweeted something which was so funny or, or like, I showed it to you the RT oh my god I saw that Baby Laura it was the model search from 2003 I think I didn't win Late Late Show that was but isn't the Late Late Show always quite random this is just happening in the middle of a wholesome family show and now all these girls are I'm like what is going on this is so weird I'm coming up next Laura she likes to study journalism (laughs) you were completely brunette as well I mean what are you talking about I'm completely (laughs) sorry I don't know what you're talking about but you didn't you didn't win did you (laughs) no I I got to the final um, obviously no I I remember modelling for a little bit I didn't last very long but I got told on shoots to stop talking so much (laughs) and then I remember having to wear I remember someone um, a stylist putting clothes on clothes on me yeah. And like I was messing around with someone else and I'd fallen over and got muck on the dress because we were outside oh, shooting no. something and I d- that was kind of the end yeah. of my modelling career. It didn't really last much longer than Tough that. Tough business though. I mean, I was... Sure, look, you fared all right, I think. I, yeah. It's yeah. grand. You did grand. We're going to talk more about your acting later on, but first up, let's jump into our first topic Yay. of the day, which is cuffing. Yes. So, tis the season to be cuffing. Just in case anybody doesn't know what cuffing is... Um, Orla, you wrote a piece that went up on site there during the week. So can you explain to us what cuffing is, especially around this season? It's not some like BDSM weird like (laughs) conversation that we're diving right into. Oh, really? I'm gone then. I thought that's what I was here to talk about. I know we sold it to Laura as this like, no, it's not. It's actually something that a lot of people are, I would imagine guilty of. I know a lot of my friends and myself personally Mm -hmm. have, have flirted with the idea. But basically, statistically, November, December, January is one of the loneliest times to be a singleton. It's when we're most kind of conscious of the fact that we are uncoupled. And people make an active effort, whether they know it or not, um, to find a partner for the colder months. So like even statistically, apps like Tinder and Bumble and all these places, there is more activity on the site. And not from... just for, I was reading, read your article, but it's not just... Yeah, I suppose some of these sites it's kind of seen as maybe you're just looking for someone for a small amount yeah, of time yeah. it's not a but, you actually, but now it's yeah. like it's not a hookup intentionally interesting it wasn't they actually looked at the at the kind of hopes for people that were online yeah. and what they were kind of actively seeking and it wasn't actually just casual flings that are yeah. more common throughout the year it seems from their research cuff. yeah that it was it's like a they seasonal dater I suppose a warm body for the winter months yeah, yeah I mean yeah. I get that well I actually, well, I'm saying, well, first off, let's just ask relationship person or not relationship person, Laura? Oh, I'm a relationship person. That's you are? what, yeah, I get attached too easily. So I'm never really good at doing the like single the thing. Single. No, single's fine. I'm either like single, completely single, or I'm in a relationship. Okay. I'm not very good you at doing You don't like fling. the murky water machine. No, because I'm just like, what are you? So I'd rather be single and that's what I am, or it's like, you know, that's it, or I'm in a relationship. Yeah, or like, what about you? Relationship person? I'm a not person? relationship person. Okay. Not necessarily by want or will just more I just like I like I'm I like trying being, I'm please trying. Jamie no I like being by myself um, but I'm not against a relationship but then you know it's I mean? that kind of it's what people define, define as a relationship because yeah. I'm very much I've got my girlfriends and my mates and yeah. I think it's very important I've got some friends as soon as they're in a relationship that they may they're as well gone. be dead like yeah. You, yeah. you won't see them anymore yeah. I think it's very important that you differentiate that I had this chat with my girlfriend and I was like I, I kind of wish I could go out with you because I sometimes get on yeah. with you more than I do my boyfriend yeah. but it's it's that kind of you know when you're in a relationship that you're not just with this one yeah, other like person very insular yeah, yeah no, so definitely. I think so maybe like in some way you can still go out with your friends even though you're not technically yeah. single you can still well go I know out uh, my friend from home actually moved in with us very recently and 
I thought she would be the one being like, you have to meet my boyfriend. Like I want, he was actually so key. He was like, I need to make friends with your friends. Like I need to like integrate into your, your group. And I was so like, I was so impressed by that because yeah. I have quite a lot of friends who have boyfriends who are not really interested in being my friend. Yeah. I, I think in their mind, it's like, but sure, I won't see her that often or whatever. But this guy was like, no, 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 this is a big person in your life. I want to be a part of that so that we can go out for brunch on Saturdays together or and we can go to the yeah. cinemas together. Now, I don't really do it because I do still feel a bit weird about it because yeah. they're like dying for the shift in the cinema seats and I'm there. Sorry, guys, I'm just going to sit here and even talk about it. Especially when you're sitting between them both. That's yeah, yeah. really weird. I always like to sit. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, you know? between a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been on a dating rampage? That's what I kind of call it like when you're single for a prolonged period of time mm. I was on a dating rampage it was probably a couple of <laughs> months ago I've got where, such a visual of this just oh, you like dating oh, many it, it, men in one rush yeah, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't like it, it wasn't technically cuffing season but it was a time mm. there over the summer when it was pretty much a date a week and it wasn't like I wasn't really pushed I was being asked on dates so yeah. I was actually you know what I'm going to be open to it and I'm going to yeah. go on all the dates and then the next thing I knew I had this reputation of being a serial dater you, you are a bit though is yeah. she yeah, yeah, yeah. give me the give me the I don't th- again I don't think it's an intent of yours I don't think you're like oh I just want to have someone fresh every week I think it's more like you're just like because then people call me lazy again. if I don't Do, but go then on the I dates. get I, that, that, now what you just told me you stressed me out a lot <laughs> just going on a different date a week like what yeah. happens if you're somewhere and then the guy you went out on a date with the week before and then I know what I'm mm-hmm. like I haven't dated that many people but everyone I've seen to date has been mentioned somewhere in the press and my mother's like who's that no, but like, like that's my friend who's a guy I stood beside. So yeah, thankfully we See, don't have that problem. We don't have that problem. <laughs> no, but but yeah. you will because you'll if you go to a pub, I bet you, or you go to a restaurant, you'll always bump into someone that you yeah. know. You can't get away with anything, especially not in Dublin, like where mm. where we are based. It is a very small pool yeah. of people. Have you ever? This is terrible because I'm going to have to admit it. Have you ever broken up with someone? in the run-up to a season. Thing. So it's like the anti-cuffing. Yeah. So like breaking up with someone before Valentine's Day yeah. or before Christmas or before a birthday. Like self-sabotage just in, for the... For in the... order to not have to buy them a gift. There is a cut-off. Oh, but there's no. a cut-off date. There's apparently like a cut-off date. Like I think it's around the 20th of November that it's like basically okay. if you split with someone after the 20th of November before Christmas, you're a pretty shitty person. I don't think you I've ever I mean? broken up with someone in between November and December. I think you're right. See, yeah. you don't even no. know you're aware of it, but you were doing it. You yeah, that's lousy. You know, and then I mean? there's like wedding season. The presents, there's so. wedding season as well. Then, which is like I summer always, months. Yeah. And you stuff. know, what? I always break up with. But I, in the past, I've seemed to have um, ended a relationship before going to like a friend's wedding and then end that person by themselves. I'm like, I should have, I should have stayed yeah. with them until well, the wedding. Well, on for another few I know. weeks. I had a bunch of weddings in the summer and I was with my boyfriend up until April and then we had booked flights together. So when I was on the flight, like he, he clearly wasn't there. So I Instagrammed <laughs> and I was like, I let my fella have the window seat and there was just an empty chair uh... beside me. People thought it was funny, but it was yeah. definitely a low point no. to have to admit that think of all that extra space though there is something as well about like not necessarily weddings but there is something about this time of year it's nice to like yeah. go shopping and Christmas shopping with boys and stuff like that but I do feel it's one of these new dating words that's popped mm. up that's kind I, of terrifying actually when yeah. I, I don't think piece. I knew the term until I went to write this piece but I definitely was aware of the general attitude and it makes of, like, total sense like yeah. the actual term of cuffing but it's stuff like submarining have you ever heard of submarining oh, we talked about this a while ago and it actually just happened to me today whereby you're dating someone or you're seeing someone or something and then they disappear but it's not necessarily a ghosting it's kind of a yeah. mutual something didn't work out it's like a hover yeah way, you know? and then like a submarine they just pop, pop back up, up months yeah. later yeah. and yeah. say hi how's it going so it's almost like trying to keep up with mm-hmm. 
all of these new dating terms is just yeah. a bit of a mind fuck. I think we've always been aware of these activities, but not like now that they're getting terms, it's like we feel like we need to label every kind of acti- like interaction with the person we're texting or whatever. Like, what does that mean? What does that represent? But like, I feel like it's a lot of pressure thing. as well. It like, is. yeah, that submarining thing though for me is like I don't like ghosting. I don't. I can understand how that can happen. I, like, I'm guilty of doing it and being the, at the opposite end of being ghosted. I can. It sucks to be ghosted. Submarining is that's mean. I think. I think it's tough. But to is take it in- is it intentional? I suppose that's the person. But then, how do you know? It may not be intentional. Sometimes things and that whole kind of popping back up again. I've had yeah. that where someone maybe from the past pops into your head and suddenly you get texts from them. Yeah. Yes. Is there another meaning to that as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. Is it like quite serendipitous? Is it like, where does that come from? And I do sometimes think you can kind of, without saying too spiritual or like supernatural, you but it will them back. But you can, you can kind of think of someone and, and yeah. find a picture and then suddenly you walk down the street and see them and go, yeah. have I kind of manifested that? There was something, I don't know, I can't remember what TV show it was, but it was some TV show where somebody described it perfectly whereby there's almost like it was back in the day of beepers or something it's like oh somebody's happy I must send them a text message or like the moment you stop thinking about someone a person who you've like just gotten out of your head will come back back into in you. some way whether it's you bump into them or you yeah. or you're at a place that reminds you the thing you is though them. if you date one man a week there's a lot of men yeah. to come back <laughs> so no wonder oh. they're always messaging it I feel like I need to like defend myself on this dating you know what? thing that's, I actually have a friend in London who was about doing my three three dates a week now see that's dedication I don't I don't actually that's have the time for that I was exhausted I was, yeah. I was like I just, do you get confused who you're texting yeah. well so I've just gone back on because it's the season I've just gone back on online dating okay um, which is the worst by the way is is that like Tinder yeah 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 yeah. but it's not Tinder because Tinder is a cesspit and it's actually the worst thing that's ever been created so I've gone on by recommendation Bumble oh actually I've heard Bumble's good yeah so Bumble is the one where you get to make the first move the girl has the girl, to, yeah. yeah. So you match with a person and then you and then have you 24 do. hours yeah. and you get little notifications saying you have like an hour left yeah. or, or two hours left or something. There just seems to be a nicer way about it. Do you it. not feel, though, I just feel now at days, everyone, it's so disposable in some ways. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. because there's so many apps and if one doesn't work out, there's another one. That do we, is that why you don't get to the second date? Because if the first date isn't perfect, we don't really bother with the second date or the third date. And then it's well, the thing of like organic, like it's lovely to meet someone naturally. organically. But I mean, I like how did you meet your boyfriend? Was it organic or was it, um, did you know him before? I knew him before. He was around for a while, but I just wasn't in that place and I just realised now it's one of those things looking back it's like I think he was messaging me for a while but just stupid questions yeah because oh, I was kind of no he's like what type of dog do you have and I was like oh it's a multi and then, and then he's dog? like oh look I found your MySpace page from like 10 years ago I was like ha 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 oh my god or I googled you apparently, that whole time you thought that was casual well like because I knew him so I was just in the back okay. he always said I replied with an emoji do you know what I mean just like ha, like you know yeah. yeah and then one day I was like Jesus he's messaging me an awful lot yeah oh, he so kind, sheer persistence was persistence really and then as you know it always depends on where you are I just wasn't in a space where I was even looking at anyone and then one day I was like but I think I kind of had nearly blown it because I'd wasted so much time and have you ever online dated no you've never not no well not do you know what that's kind of a lie because I've kind of done it with my friends phones (laughs) I'm like I'm really I'm really good actually I'm quite and I'm picky so you know the people trust me with their phones and I think it must have been 
oh no actually it was grinder was my 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 uh my friends, his phone, he gave me to kind of, he's like, message this guy. And I'm like, well, what, what should I message? And I was trying to be all like. I've heard like, Grinder is kind of like Tinder. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a bit naughtier. Yeah, and I was yeah. sending him some, I think you look very smart in your suit. And he's like, that's not what you write. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm <laughs> not very so good at this. Vanilla, Lord. I'm, so vanilla, I'm really page. bad. Well, the whole thing with Bumble is that you make the first move yeah. and it's kind of about, you know, it giving you back a little bit of, you know, somebody can like the way that you look, but it's more so about whether you want to interact with them, yeah. whereby Tinder, they match and they can just send you like, hey, it's easy hey, just hey, swipe, hey, hey. Whereas yeah. at least with Bumble, it's a swipe and then it's kind of constant reminders on your phone throughout the day and then it's, oh, more, really? it's more of an active thing of like, okay, I have a bit of a timer on this. If I want to text this to person, do something. I kind of have to do it now. Yeah, so because it's a bit more of a like clear sign that it's like, I'm not just chatting to the crack. It's a little bit more like... But you know mm-hmm. what it does though, which is bad for me? It puts you under the pressure of like being, it's almost like a digital bar in that like you have to go and make yeah. that first move. It's an audition, isn't it? And it, Well, it kind of is, mm-hmm. but it's like back in the day before online dating, would you have ever, Laura, gone up to a guy in a bar and been like, Hey, what's up? Like, I, I just keep sending really awkward gifts to people now. And but probably not. Isn't it terrible, though? Because you we were like, you know, it's 2017 and yeah. like, you know, women and men are equal like that. But I still probably, I don't think I've ever asked a guy out. Although I did make a move I've on my... I've thousands of guys no, you know, <laughs> Like the episode of Friends. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make me sound very good. No, but it is that thing. Like if a girl approaches a guy at a bar, it's kind of looked upon like, oh, why are you coming up? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. it's like, and it's not okay. It's just kind of the way I was... Yeah. Like the way you're kind of brought up. Definitely. Um, but I, you know, going back to my relationship, I, I definitely had to make the move because I'd left it so long. Yeah. that I kind of had to be like oh I'm interested by the way I'm sorry it took me nine months so did like, you kind of ask anything. him out then slightly yeah asked him out we tried to kiss him in a gay club but yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's like what are you doing <laughs> same thing yeah but now I'm terrible at, at first moves and Bumble although it's good and I really like what it's trying to do in terms of take away that disposability yeah it is also putting me in these situations where I have to when I'm seeing somebody run out of time I'm like oh god I have to say yeah. something and then they're gone forever then you'll never have that chance but that's again. what they kind of say to you on Bumble yeah. they're just like they will be gone forever have you ever have you ever matched with someone on Bumble or seen someone on Bumble and then seen them walking down the street and thinking, I have and never think you know seen them. anyone ever on a dating app and seen them in real life just by chance never really oh, I mean home, I think I've seen a few court, Tinder guys like, on buses because you think that you know them and then you're like hey yeah well that just happened outside there like I followed a guy who works in Joe Dakota UK Richie on Instagram he followed oh, me a, back you, I'm glad you got the Instagram thing there, yeah because right? I was like, like yes. <laughs> how wide is your radius because we're in Dublin awkward <laughs> no and that's like you meet people on, on social media and stuff and you've never met them in real life and mm-hmm. so it becomes this kind of new thing of like oh hi how are you yeah I think I've seen a few guys yeah. in bars but I again I wouldn't be going up to them because there is something that's still weird about online dating it's like people embarrassed to say it it's, it's, it's weird because you remember like oh god years ago like online dating seemed like such a taboo thing yeah. yeah well now like isn't Facebook online dating yeah and actually the first time I think I ever talked to my boyfriend was like I think probably through like I knew him but through Twitter because we didn't yeah. have each other's number and he yeah. asked about my dog yeah Why they I the dog? It's, it's, a, dog. it's a very <laughs> cute dog it's, very, it's always about the dog I need get to get a dog. a dog get a dog <laughs> but you know and we didn't have each other's numbers so does that count as internet dating well, I, I recently sliding into DMs ago, so I, mean, I had someone yeah sliding into my Instagram DMs like it followed me and had actively been liking my pictures and stuff yeah. I didn't really think much of it because my my Instagram isn't private so I didn't really think a lot of it and then just started messaging me randomly and I presumed there was a purpose where I was kind of like oh like can I help you <laughs> like, do you need directions like what can I do and it was just 
chatting me up and literally I said it to my friends I was like is this weird and we were all like yeah it's a bit weird it's a bit weird but I was like is that not more of a nice way than on Tinder because this person had obviously been seeing my pictures and seeing what and I was the, up to and like all that yeah. a little bit of the type it was of person a, you are I don't know if I, I, it was weird how that was we, that was weird yeah. but Tinder was fine basically I'm terrible at coughing and it hasn't worked yet but I'm going to keep yeah. ploughing ahead I have what? what's the cut off date 20, 20th oh, of you November have loads of time. this oh, okay. goes up until like the end of January but if you're in a relationship and you're thinking about ending that relationship don't do it now you have about a week so oh, a week to break I'm, up yeah so you well, have luckily about... I'm nowhere near that so uh, <laughs> we're okay we're going to take a little break now earlier in the week I caught up with Sarah Jane Perry she's number 7 in the world at squash and she's also one of the nicest ladies that I've embarrassingly sang karaoke in front of I also tried unsuccessfully to poach her to play for Ireland so take a listen I'm joined on the line now by Sarah Jane Perry, who is currently ranked number seven in the world at squash. Sarah Jane, thanks so much for taking the call. No problem. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to start with the question that I that I ask all my athletes. How did you get started in your sport? Uh, I've been playing since I was about five years old. My dad used to play just at the local club, so when we were old enough, he took me and my brother down and we used to go to junior coaching on a I think it was probably a Saturday morning and um, just started from there really and when you were younger I don't know about you but when I was starting to play I played about eight or nine other sports as well were you always an athletic child or was it just squash from the get-go yeah I used to play any sport going really I was on like every team at school and I used to um, throw discus to a sort of national level um, discus that got a bit boring yes wow. got a bit boring yeah. <laughs> I sort of chose chose squash instead but I used to play um, tennis as well I used to play a lot of hockey right up through till I finished university I used to play hockey as well and what was the point was it in, when you were in college that you decided that you were definitely going to go professional or did you always see that happening from a young age because I mean you won the the British under 19 championship so I mean clearly you were obviously at a a crazy high standard from a very young age but did you know that it was something you were going to pursue professionally or did that come later? It wasn't something that I kind of had my um, mindset to from a young age really I think everyone when I finished sort of sixth form everyone else was going to university and I don't think I was ready to turn professional then uh, anyway, so I went to university, and um, whilst I was at university, I had a uh, chronic knee problem which needed a bit of seeing to. So that I had that operated on whilst I was at university, and then I actually made uh, a decision about a week before my final exams that I wasn't going to take the graduate job oh, that wow. I'd uh, worked hard to get and got, and all my friends obviously. Uh, trying to get as well so I had one lined up and I'd been accepting everything and then a week before my final exams I uh, decided to that I was going to play squash uh, thankfully I still actually studied for those exams and yeah. came out with a came out with a very good degree so I've always got that to use in the future or fall back on should I need to so I think that's a bit of peace of mind but I think uh, I always say that the fact that I got a job yeah um quite quickly kind of showed me that I could get a job whenever yeah. whereas you know it's just it's a small window when you can be a professional athlete particularly in a sport like squash I'm presuming that um when you made that decision that you had an incredible 
support team behind you and in your family. And I know that you had the same squash coach pretty much all the way up through your juniors. It was Steve Townsend, wasn't it? Yeah, Steve was my coach from uh, when he first um, came became the coach at Kenworth. I think I was about ten. Yeah, uh, until until a couple of years ago now. So um, for about 15 years he was my coach so he was a big part of that decision yeah um he kind of said to me that you know he thought it would be a massive massive waste if I didn't try and play it'd Mm. be a massive shame um my mum and dad were also you know very supportive and they had to be on board uh massively as well because it meant I had to move home uh (laughs) and live with them and also until I kind of proved myself and got access to certain funding um, through sporting and things like that. It meant my um, parents also had to help me out a bit with some flights and yeah. things like that to go play to go play tournaments. It seems like you said there that you had to almost prove yourself a little bit. Um, squash is obviously, it's, it's quite a niche sport if you're not in the community, but obviously within the community, you know, everybody's obsessed with it. But I, I do find that now, and some of our, our listeners and some of our readers of Her.ie wouldn't necessarily know that like Egyptians, for example, are are incredible squash players and they've they've kind of like been smashing it for a good few years I mean did you feel being a British player that you had to almost work extra hard they everything from the way that they're taught or you know the styles are compared a lot kind of the European way and then the Egyptian way of playing did you feel like you had to prove yourself on a world stage when you were moving up the ranks as a professional yeah, I think to some extent, not necessarily. I don't really play what a lot of people consider to be a traditional uh, English game of squash, yeah. um, which is a, a very measured and uh, moving your opponent around the court and opening up opportunities. I like to play quite attacking yeah. and use a lot of angles, and I like to play quite a deceptive um, yeah. game and send people the wrong way and things like that which is very enjoyable if you get it right um, yeah. but not not so much if you get it wrong you can look like a bit of an idiot oh I know Sarah well, I Jane I know <laughs> <laughs> I'm always always trying yeah, to hit yeah, I'm always trying one. to hit the next can't get it a glory hunter yeah <laughs> but yeah did you feel like you had to almost prove yourself a little bit I was kind of written off by quite a few people when I was younger because of um, the game that I actually played, they said it wouldn't translate to a to actually senior squash, and it was just a you know junior sort of game that I played. And also um, because I'm I'm tall and I'm not the lightest of the players, that some people viewed that I wasn't the right build to play squash. But yeah. you know I've kind of um, embraced my height and everything like that and built a game around my uh, attributes and my strengths yeah and I think that's where squash is one of the most interesting sports because there isn't one body type that prevails there's a there's a mixture and I think there's uh, I'm the tallest out of the girls there's some other girls that are quite tall and there's also some much smaller girls that are that are more agile yeah. and don't need to bend as far if the ball's low that's the kind of crux of it whereas yeah. I've got nice I've got quite long limbs and I can reach quite far so it's where I have to play to my advantage and I think that um, I've hopefully 
kind of proved those people wrong and I've that's what I've tried to do throughout my kind of career and progression but I've always wanted to do well for myself as well but yeah. definitely the proving those people wrong that have always doubt that have doubted me or said in the past that I wouldn't make it it's kind of really fueled fueled that fire within me to just succeed you had a massive win recently at the uh, at the NetSuite Open Obviously, you dispatched Laura Massaro in the in the semifinals. Then you went on to play Nicole David. How did you prepare for an event like that? That's on such a massive world stage, where you know that people are watching. Um, I think had had you you'd lost to Laura a couple of times before. Like, how did you prepare yourself mentally for for a competition like that? Um, it's quite yeah. It can be quite difficult. Yeah, you're right. I've um, I had beaten Laura once before, but mm. um, in the national championships, not in the not on the SA World Tour. So, and she kind of beaten me a few times recently, and um, kind of played really well against me and stopped me playing, which is very frustrating as a squash player. You feel like you've not been able to influence the game how you wanted and play your way. Yeah. So I think. For, for that one, I, I kind of had to have a slightly different mind, you know, make sure I had a different mindset to the last few times I played her, and just I just went wanted to go out there and just make sure that I got in got in front of her um, on the court and actually so I could impose my game yeah. and I didn't want to be I didn't want to just react to what she was doing. I wanted to do as much of of the controlling of the game as I could and um, before the actual game I think obviously I've quite focused on the actual match but I don't try not to let it get to me I say like you said that it's, it was a massive match and mm. it's been streamed across the world and it's on TV um, in plenty of countries as well and you just kind of have to forget about that and focus on what you need to do to win that match and then even like when you had um, and then when you had Nicole David in the final then and being you know championship ball down and stuff and to come back from that I mean it's kind of the stuff of dreams really I'd say that's a match that you're never really going to forget no it's really not a match I'm ever going to forget I mean there's not many times that you come from a 2-0 deficit to win 3-2 when you play in best of five and especially not against someone like Nicole that's just known for her persistence and strength of mind and everything like that. And, you know, she was world number one for nine years. Yeah. And she's still playing to extremely high standards. So it was just a case of, as well, I wasn't, in, even in the first few games, it, I wasn't playing badly. Yeah. I wasn't far off where I needed to be. It was just, kind of having the confidence and my coach telling me via uh via text message as well that it didn't need to I didn't need to make a massive any massive changes it was just take it point by point just keep trying to do everything a little bit better and you know thankfully that paid off I mean like you said I was championship ball down and I think I just didn't give myself even uh, didn't you know I never thought about losing that point it was I'm not going I'm getting to get every ball back I'm going to find a way to win this match yeah and you know uh, I may have hit a slightly lucky shot at, uh, 
it's never luck SJ it's never luck yeah and then you know we managed to close it out in the next game after that but I think it was a it's one I'll definitely never forget as well because we um we lost my grandma a couple of weeks before that and so you know I was I really wanted to make her proud and win that one for her so I mean I think the lucky shot of match ball down was was definitely something to do with her up there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about how hard it is to be a professional athlete in squash, right? So now obviously I don't play at the standard that you play, but a lot of people that I tell about squash, they, they're kind of, they don't really know about it as much as, say, professional tennis, obviously. It doesn't have as much coverage it's it's not an olympic sport mm-hmm. which we know we're fighting for you know in order to to make it become a part of the olympics which it rightly so deserves to be is that something that kind of frustrates you i mean how would you feel to represent your country if squash ever did get to the olympics yeah i think it would what frustrates us as squash players well it definitely frustrates me is that there are you know when we watch the olympics and we see some sports where it's not the pinnacle of the sport isn't the Olympics. And for us, I think if squash was in the Olympics, that would be, that would be the pinnacle without a doubt. There's, there's no question about it. Yeah. So it would be, it would, you know, it would be amazing for us to be in there, but for whatever reason, you know, we, we listen to their recommendations. We make the changes that they recommend. We come back, we try and get, we try again. And, they come up with more reasons why we can't get back like, in. It, it's mental uh, because we can't get in. I mean, it's crazy to me because squash takes so much in terms of physical strength, but also mentally you have to be so strong. Like you can go out and one day play the best you've ever played, and then the next day, you know, if you're not thinking properly or something, you, you can play obviously like shit. But I mean, I just don't know if it comes across about how much dedication that people are putting into the sport and and a lot of people talk about as well that because the sport's so fast and because obviously the ball moves very fast people use that as kind of a well it's not a good spectator sport to be honest with you I've never watched anything as exciting as a squash game I just think that if people actually gave it the chance that they would understand what an incredible game it is like it's so exciting it's literally thrilling to watch yeah I think I definitely agree I think we take every every box that the IOC says of an Olympic sport. Particularly, we have had kind of world champions from all across the world, not from just one or two countries. Yeah. And like I said, we have we have a lot of say Egyptian players that are good, and we're getting South American players coming in. There's a lot of Asian players, and from the sort of more traditional sports countries of. Um, Europe and Australia, New Zealand, and things as well. So yeah. it's it's a global sport, and with with the improvements in the camera, with the high definition camera and everything, it's it used to be a bit of a struggle to see the ball on yeah. the on the TV and things. But there's absolutely none of that anymore. The ball's crystal clear. You can see what's going on. There isn't a sport that can I don't think that compares with the levels of athleticism the actual gameplay with the strategy and everything like that and also the drama that you can get and yeah. and 
thing. So I think, yeah, I think it's perfect, but we're just concentrating now on building, continuing to build the sport and build the world tour, which is growing every year and, you know, get more people watching, more more fans, you know, by the by the week, really. Yeah. So Before I let you go, um, can I ask about your Irish heritage? You are fine, Irish, yeah. you are Irish, aren't you? Tell me, it's fine. I know you are. Uh, my 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 granddad, my granddad was from Dublin. Yes, uh, he was from Ringsend. Yes, and uh, yeah, I, my mum's maiden name is Pullen, so brilliant Pullen family of Ringsend. So technically, if you wanted, and I'm just putting it out there, SJ, you could actually play for Ireland now, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to put any pressure on you but and I'm also with not a, trying to a four recruit. year hiatus <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I, think that, I think that's the time yeah okay so <laughs> maybe not play for Ireland but you could definitely play for our club at the European Club Championships next year so I might talk to my coach about it and we'll be in touch with your people about that okay the fun club of the year yes absolutely the fun club we might actually win some matches if we have you playing for us <laughs> Sarah Jane, best of luck with the season and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Speak to you soon. Okay, we're back. I was such a fangirl with Sarah Jane Perry. Have you? Have either of you ever played squash? No. I think in school when I was really young. I did badminton. Oh. Like, that it has a racket and a ball. The racket and the ball, similar. But you have been fangirling about meeting her. Are, oh. you, are you a squash fanatic? I'm a squash. Well, I'm a squash. And it's quite vicious. It scares me. Yeah, it's, it's pretty vicious. It's but I mean, I had met, I met Sarah Jane at a tournament there a few months back. And uh, I was like, you absolutely have to come on the podcast. And she's yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. So uh, she's lovely, but she's 6'2". So when I met her in real wow. life, I was just How completely, you know, I'm five foot one and oh I'm lying God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm five foot flat oh wow yeah. over foot tall just oh, to yeah. make you both feel yeah extra. and she was watching my match and I was absolutely mortified but anyway let's move on so this is a first on Girls With Goals we're going to talk about periods I can't believe that we've gotten to episode 7 without actually going waiting, waiting for me to go I've been waiting oh, for you hey. absolutely so we ran a piece during the week on her.ie and it was a really interesting story that garnered worldwide attention it was an artist in Stockholm Basically, they displayed imagery of cartoon women who were on their period. Bear in mind, they were cartoons, but there was a splodge of red. And these women were like performing ballet and they were ice skating and they were just doing, you know, normal activities. But the reaction was really mixed, as Mm -hmm. you can imagine. A lot of people were a bit like, you know, we don't want to see this on the metro. And it just got us thinking about how people are still quite uncomfortable mm-hmm. around the topic of periods and women. And I actually asked a lad in the office, I said to him, I was like, are you uncomfortable if I talk about my period with you? And he said to me, uh, no, I'm kind of uncomfortable about any bodily fluids, yeah. which which is a very yeah. valid point. Do, do you know, when because there's two sides to this. I, I, you know, I, I think we should totally talk about it openly because I know as a kid, when you first would get a period, you'd be like, mortified is that my mother was all like let's talk about it so I'm like I really don't want a mother Um, but you're right when I saw these posters I think you know it's great to know that periods are red and not blue as when I used to watch the ad but then again when there's an ad for toilet paper we don't see we and shit that's a very valid point do you know what I mean it is the bodily function but I think what what this woman was trying to portray with this artwork was Mm -hmm. that like you know 
this is what happens to a woman every single month and the normalcy of her life continues on. But before we kind of get into the stickiness of free bleeding, I want to... <laughs> oh, yeah. She went there. I said it. Let that sink in. I do want to ask tricks of the trade because I always love this conversation. So like okay. if you're in an office or if you're on a photo shoot or if you're doing a gig, yeah. Laura, and you have your period and you have to go to the bathroom, what are your tricks of the trade of getting your tampons to the bathroom? Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> Do you know, because this really does annoy me. The amount of times I've like either stayed in like a hotel or I've been in like, you know, when you go to like a restaurant or something like that or somewhere you're doing a shoot mm-hmm. and you run to the bathroom and they've got like everything you could possibly need. Yeah. But never tampons. No, yeah. Never tampons. Like even in hotels, because yeah. I was away in Copenhagen two weeks ago yeah. and I ended up getting my period and it was a lovely hotel and it was like every type of like hair products yeah. and sewing kits and there was no bloody tampons yeah and that's no pun intended no bloody <laughs> tampons <laughs> you want them to be clean first um, and actually there was a, there's this book uh, called Who uh, Who Thought This Was a Good Idea and it's by a former um, chief, deputy chief of staff of the White House by Alyssa Mastro Monaco I think that's her name um, anyway she, she's a female working in the White House and she mentions in her book going in uh, it was during Obama's term going in to do this big talk and she was like one of the only women in there and she got her period so she was in the West Wing and so she ran to use the toilets there was no tampons no so she, her when she was in there she made sure that from then on that there would always be tampons in That's but she amazing. said it was such a and that wasn't that long ago yeah and she was like like can you imagine how embarrassing and how awkward to stand up in front of like being recorded and yeah. the president there and have your period so she had to do that thing of just stuffing tissue and paper we've all, oh, oh we've all done that and then you walk in like you've been riding a horse oh yeah gosh. that's so funny because my uh, a girl that I used to live with works in um, a big financial company in Dublin mm-hmm. and she would always have and I remember this because I'm terrible because Orla I think like the first couple of weeks that we were working together I had to like slide up to you and really yeah. be like do you have any tampons yeah. and you I think it was one of our first conversations yeah no and that's it I mean it happens Starts with me to you're in the office exactly but it was one of those emergencies <laughs> did you do that thing where you slip it up your sleeve oh I've done it I've done it up the sleeve no, back no, Eve pocket is not she I'm brings not the whole handbag with and look her. at my bag like it's Laura like a it's not bag. it's a big bag so I carry my big bag around with me it always me. looks like she's like doing some really important business I'm like I'm oh, not often she's like oh like you know and I know she's she's going to pop in anyone I'm terrible with the tricks of the trade but this girl that I lived with she works in a big financial company and they have like mints in the bathroom just a big bowl of tampons in every <laughs> female bathroom that's in there that's brilliant I just think it's brilliant but that, but that is brilliant like why should you have yeah. to go rubbing your bag it should be just like having toilet paper yeah, and it's like the sound as well I was talking about this before like I sit on a table that's predominantly men and so when I'm like rustling through my bag oh, trying sweet to get rappers. it it's there's like sweet why rappers. are they in because I, I mean, you see those ads where it looks like it's a pack of yeah. sugar or something Yeah, there's like, no one who thinks it's a pack no of sugar no one thinks anymore. it's sugar but it, it does pick a lot of noise yeah, I know does. it does but Orla you actually did something funny Um, well not funny but you tried you tried to do something funny or let it didn't work. Yeah, like, tried to do something. Well, you did, you did something that I don't think has caught on in Ireland yet, and it's the period pants. Oh yeah. So this is basically solving oh, so solving the problem for tampons. So they're is it, pants. Is it those? Well, this is it. I'm going to ask Orla because I've never worn them, but you okay. wore them on your yeah. period. Is it a nappy. So I'll just be wearing a nappy. When I got this delivered to the office, yeah. I have never seen women flock 
so quickly. I mean, everyone oh, yeah. was feeling this. We wanted like, to feel the material. Was like, what is in that gusset? Like, what is but in are they, there? It's thick. It's like it kind swimwear. Of feels like it's a yeah. mix between like swimmer and spanks. And is it just in the bit between your legs, or is it the it's, whole thing? So, do you remember when we were younger? Like, I'm talking ten years ago. What the night pads were like and they yeah. were like a mile long and yeah, they were yeah. wide and I mean they were just ridiculous yeah. it's like that length it's quite okay, like, yeah. it's like quite the ones your mom gave to you first yeah. and you're like what am I supposed to do with this like, yeah. which is great but like they did feel like spanks they weren't thick um, I was very apprehensive but really excited to try like I woke up every morning being like is it here and it wasn't I and weren't, it was very weren't there different types so like there was smaller ones that said yeah. that it would hold like one tampon yeah. full two tampon but, full I feel bad for the guys who are listening and they, no, they, they need to know about this they do need to know about this but, but there were different wa- types like, I'm just confused like how do you wash it just in the washing okay, machine okay so the ones I got were the four tampon work right so that's a now, lot of blood that's not like keeping but you're going walking forward. around with that between yeah. your legs all the time and I was like do you know what smell see these are all the questions that I got okay Okay. and my fear was that hot wet feeling like that's what I was thinking it was going to be like you know what I mean like oh my god this is grim why am I doing this to myself and I didn't want to use you can use a tampon with it but I didn't want it because I really wanted to road test it yeah Yeah. so I was like no 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 give it a good go like and all this I was converted within 12 hours so they worked this is genius it worked it didn't it wasn't wet it wasn't warm it it didn't feel thick (laughs) It was honestly. It was stained. Like they're black. The ones I got were black. Now you can get nude ones, but I was like, I'm just gonna get black ones because I don't want to see that every time I'm going. But have you seen the new show on Netflix, Alias or Elias Grace or something like that, where they have red petticoats? And I didn't know that they wore those in like the 19th century. Genius. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. Because if anything stains, you don't see it. it. Free bleeding. Free bleeding. Yeah. But I mean, were you aware of it though, or were you? I was because I was. It was so unnatural to me. In the same way that if you were on your period and you just weren't wearing anything, you'd be like, "Oh my god, please don't leak." I think everyone when they're on their period, they're living in fear that something is going to leak through. So in your head, you think you're just like gushing down your legs, like carry or something. Yeah, and you go to the bathroom, like, and then there's nothing. Yeah, there's a drop. Like I get more now if I prick my finger. Like very personal question. Now, could you feel when like? stuff came out there was no leakage no there was nothing okay. there was no like honestly there was nothing I love your like very personal question there are no barriers when it comes to me talking yeah. about my period there was nothing and now I will say they're also a lot more environmentally friendly yeah now washing them wasn't the most pleasant it wasn't a bloodbath either like literally literally or whatever it wasn't it was fine you have to wash it by hand yeah. it was okay it was grand it wasn't oh. weird there wasn't loads of blood coming out of it it wasn't it wasn't bizarre it was easy to clean them quite well quite quickly and just hang them up now they do take about a week to dry so like you kind of need to buy a few of them and they, they're they not the cheapest but I will say ever since I've tried it for the first time every night I go to sleep and I'm on my period I have to wear one because wow. it's just the security and now I, during the day I'll wear them with a tampon yeah. so are you, are you like converted, oh, converted, converted. Yeah. now I bought, I'm going to buy more because I only have two and I do think how much are they? they're nearly 30 euro like wow. they're not cheap for a pair? for one pair Yeah. are but, they are they sexy? Like, are they not? Like, or are they Bridget what? Jones pants? You can get thong ones, but they're very much like the kind of basic line of underwear that you get in your Marks and Spencers or whatever. Yeah. But honestly, I think everyone should have one there that if they're like, I don't know, even if you're like, even if you're flying or if you're going to be out for the day and you just don't think you have that much control over when I can get to a bathroom yeah. to change my tampon or change my pad or take out my cup or whatever, that there's that bit of security that you're like, they okay, well, at least I have there. a backup. Now, you can't wear them with a pad and you, yeah, you can't wear them with a pad, but you can wear them with a tampon or a cup. Okay. And honestly, I would advise everyone to buy one. So I'm like a walking advert. I'm like, so yeah, Jesus, do you work for the company? Speaking <laughs> about whether they're sexy or not, let's mm-hmm. do it since we're all talking about it. Let's talk about period sex. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I personally 
have tried it once wasn't a great experience. I've read articles about it. Um, I've never tried it, and you don't have to go into too much I detail we had to about it. Give up that information no, no, immediately. No, that, I didn't actually ask you that, but thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing, Orla. Um, never actually, but I've heard that it's incredible. It's As meant in, to I've, be so much better. I've read articles that say. That scientifically, mm-hmm. it's meant to be the perfect time. Yes, it is to have sexy Laura! time. Really? What am I doing wrong? So it's. Yeah, my I can't God. believe you don't. No, it's not, not amazing. Not with, not with it. I'm not going to too much detail. I, say, I, know I don't isn't... see it as being a issue, especially if it's with someone you've been with a long time. When Laura admitted that there was a look of pure pride on her face. No, but I just said, really, why? Yeah. Why not? Well, I. Do you know what? I think it's the the guys that I've been with were never fans of it, I suppose. And did you not find you hornier that time? Well, it's you, like you're at your horniest. Yeah. This is what I was going to say. Yeah. I didn't know you were going to be comfortable by talking this. I am hard <laughs> like, off yes. when I have my period. Yeah, yeah, like, sure. completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess that's the hormones. It makes perfect yeah. sense. But everything is so tender. It's like, have you ever gone and gotten laser when you're on your period? Like, it's so painful yeah. because everything is so much sensitive. more sensitive. Yeah. But yeah, guys I've been with in the past I don't think haven't guys, been into it. Really? I feel like guys I think I wasn't much. confident enough or maybe it was was, when I was younger and I found it kind of I was very conscious of the fact that oh they'll find it gross or whatever I think it depends on maybe who you're with and it depends on as someone who travels a lot and I've been in relationships that are like you you can't add another obstacle you've only got a small amount of time you're like take me as I am or not take me at all yeah but it's not it's not really been my idea to be honest it's not only been theirs but I I think that's a great thing well I mean it also gives me hope for maybe one of my dates that might latch on about like (laughs) men not necessarily caring that much because for me I think when I was younger especially I was very self-conscious yeah. about it and I was very much now I don't know whether that's I think it depends who, yeah it, like I would be self-conscious if I was in a new relationship you yeah. know you wouldn't but it just mm-hmm. it kind of depends on where you are and who yeah. you are but have you ever seen and again like I don't want to get into too much of because I'm not like she's lying she wants to know everything no I'm not this is no, <laughs> I'm talking about men and I don't want to talk about it in a way of like bashing men because I think every man is different of course mm-hmm. and it's and it's everybody's right to feel like that but I have had a few guys who who kind of go like oh a little bit and that yeah. that of course makes you then go oh gosh like you know is this weird to I've, be I've never thinking? had a guy have you not no I'm definitely dating yeah, the wrong, the wrong man. I'm, I'm dating the wrong man yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've given it the college try to have different but then the thing is, I tried it once and it wasn't it's for up me, to you because sometimes it's just depending on how you feel sometimes you just when you're period, you don't. Now, when you're period, sometimes you feel ter- like you don't feel great either. Yeah. You don't yeah. want anyone to be near you. Basically. This is like again, open up a whole new world. To when me. you're saying they're like, oh, guys are going, uh, but it's the same way as if like I don't know different positions. Some guys are like, no, I don't want to do that or whatever. Like it's the same. No, I've never had thing. that. I've never had a guy say I don't want to do. <laughs> but that. you know what I mean. But like, if, as I said, like if you're away from someone for two months and then the few days that you see that person, it doesn't matter. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You take what I'm you can get. I'm honestly very happy because I've never actually. Sounds like uh, nobody does it. It's probably it's very common. It is common, but I've never actually met someone who's like, yes, it is one hundred percent. I do feel. I do feel like it's one of those things that maybe people don't admit it. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. No, no, but I don't think women talk about it a, a huge amount. Though I feel like it's one of those things. It's almost like we're stifling ourselves a little bit. Like I mean, I don't think we talk about it the same way that 
women don't really talk about anal. Do you know what I mean? Like, it seems to be one of those things that it's like the final door to being completely open. And I just, well, maybe it's just... There's a whole lot of puns there that people pick up on themselves, (laughs) but uh, I'm sitting back and listening to you now. Maybe it was the way we were brought up. I don't know, you don't talk about certain things. Yeah, it is true. I think, I don't know what that is, but definitely the period thing is, the period sex thing is, is, it's funny because I think when you get a group of women together, they're so relieved to be able to talk about their periods. I feel relief, yeah. Like, we went to the kitchen the other day to make a cup of tea and one of the girls was like, oh, thank God, because we went for lunch with one of the, the guys. She said, thank God, I'm so bloated. I'm in so much pain. Like, I'm really like, ugh. And she was like, thank God, I can tell you now that we're like on our own. It was like this relief of like, I can unload the pressure that's on me now for the next few days or whatever. Yeah. But the period sex thing is very, oh, like you're, everyone's still like, oh, you're very gross doing that. But it's like, why? It depends. Like, and yeah. it depends on what time of the period you're at. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay, ladies, that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much to my panellists, Laura Whitmore and Orla Condon. Thank you to Matt Sayward, who is on sound. I hope I'm saying his name right. Thanks to the UK crew for once again letting me crash. And thank you to our athlete this week, Sarah Jane Perry. I'm Neve Marr, and we'll chat to you next week. <laughs> 